Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I am so glad you chose to join us. The topic tonight is the little book of breathwork. And our guest tonight is Catherine Kerrigan. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But I want to talk just just a, uh, a moment about the notion of our our physical bodies, these bodies that we have. You know, it's a curious thing because, I mean, we're, so if you're listening to the show, chances are really good you have a body. And if you, if you touch your body now, we all have a body. Where were these atoms? before you were born? Where, where were the atoms that make up your body now before you were born? Well, even, even the atoms that is your body now five or ten years ago, or even one year ago. We eat food, we put more atoms in, in as we intake food, and then we let go and release atoms. It's, it's like our body is a fountain of atoms because we're constantly renewing this vehicle, this body of ours, and yet the body doesn't have any um, animation of its own without consciousness. In other words, we have to be alive or our body goes into decay and returns back to the earth. And and so I, I, I find it a very curious thing um, how responsive, how responsive the body is. Um, what I like about living in Colorado is is I'm always uh, reminded at how the body will respond to our intent over the entire course of our lives, and I always get schooled about this, and I like and I love it when it happens. Uh, like perhaps I'll be having breakfast at a cafe, and um, bicycle riding is a big sport here because of the mountains and the vertical, it's a great place to practice. And and a couple of people come in uh, off of their bicycles in in the professional gear and the and the helmets and the riding suits and everything. And sometimes I look at them and I'm like, my God, you have to be 75 or 80 years old. You're kidding me. You, it's like you're a competition bicycle racer and you're flipping 75 or 80 years old. I mean, they're, and, and that really speaks to me about how the body will always respond throughout our whole life. Throughout our whole life, our bodies will respond. And on this show, we've talked, and we've talked to um, brain experts and how, how, pliable and elastic, the elasticity of the brain over the entire course of our lives. And, you know, recently I've, I've kind of, uh, maybe in the last year and a half or so, I've really changed my attitude about my brain, about my, my thinker, my thinker. And, and, uh, um, 
I uh, take action on its curiosity. I, I kind of listen to its cues about curiosity. And um, like um, last weekend, I bought a, a MIG welder. It's a type of metal welder. And, and I've never used a MIG welder before, uh, before in my life. And here I am trying to figure out, they're touchy little suckers. It's not a large muscle group thing. It's like you're writing cursive on a postage stamp, actually even smaller than that. And there's a real knack, there's a real finesse to it. And my brain loves something new. It loves to figure out, it loves to observe what's going on and then conjure up strategies and, and whatnot about how to get better at being better, if you will. And I, uh, a while ago, I got a drum set and I started playing the drums and my left brain and my right brain were totally not on the same page when it came to temporal pacing. And, and now they, they can get very tight um, through the act of drumming. So um, when we think of our physical bodies, um, a lot of times the ego will identify as the body. This, who, who am I? Well, it's me. It's me here in this body. It's me. But, but there's a much bigger uh, uh, presence as our soul. And when we can, when we can take care of our body and, and help it stay healthy, um, it gives us more choices, more options, more possibilities for our lives. And so th that's what I like about the episode tonight. We're going to talk about uh, something that we're all masters at in the sense of continuous um, practice, be it conscious or unconscious, but breath work. Chances are pretty good you've been breathing your whole life. I'm, I'm going out on a limb here and saying, I bet you you've been breathing your whole life. But what what is there um, that we don't know about breathing? Just like um, when, we, when we see somebody else um, uh, challenging their body and their body responding, what is it about breathing that could bring us new... Um, comfort, new um, rest, peace, um, reduce stress and whatnot. I, I, think, uh, I think it's a good time to, to delve into this. Um, again, the topic tonight is the little book of breathwork, and our guest is Catherine Kerrigan. What if there was a way you could reduce your stress naturally. No drugs, no therapist. You could do this anywhere. You could do this at any time for free. In our latest book, our guest tonight, Catherine Kerrigan, can teach you how to use breathing exercises to reduce high blood pressure, anxiety, depression, fatigue, insomnia, asthma, pain, sleep apnea, and breathing problems. She can teach you affirmations to uplift your soul as well as hand gestures called mudras 
that you can use to increase your inner peace and emotional balance, creativity, and grounding. Catherine is a medical intuitive healer, a best-selling author, and the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. In her 26 years working full-time in natural healing, she has worked with clients from all over the world to empower themselves to heal them themselves naturally without drugs. You can check out our websites as we have this conversation, katherinekerrigan.com and unlimitedenergynow.com. Join me in welcoming Catherine to the show. Catherine, thanks so much for being our guest tonight. Les Jensen, it's just my honor, and if you're joining us, it's my hope that you learn a lot about yourself and about how you can dramatically change the way you feel and your entire metabolism with breathing anytime, anywhere for free. Well, very nice. When did breathing first? I mean, you, you've been teaching um, natural health um, for a quarter of a century. When did breathing first come into your um, practice? Well, I have to tell a personal story, and it's maybe one that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, I'm now 60 years old, but when I was younger, I was actually diagnosed with asthma. And my asthma was so bad that medical doctors recommended that I use inhalers. And not only did I have steroid inhalers, I had not one but two inhalers. So, you know, card-carrying breathing problems. And what was interesting, you know, sometimes I always talk about what I call a breakdown to breakthrough And what I mean by that is sometimes we have problems or challenges in our life. And by facing them and dealing with them, it makes us a better person. So at any rate, what happened to me was I was walking across a flat parking a lot. And I was like, wow, I'm having trouble breathing here. Went to an allergy doctor, said, you're allergic to everything. We're going to put you in the allergy hall of fame. And by the way... (laughs) You have asthma. So, any rate, I'm, you know, young. It's like doing what the doctors tell me to do. Got my inhalers. But what I noticed was I really didn't like using an inhaler. The steroid inhalers make you really super spacey. And I just, I was really uncomfortable with it. So, nobody told me to, but I sort of, I'm an intelligent person. I thought, you know, maybe I should actually start exercising. Because when you have asthma, you have reduced lung capacity. And I thought, you know, if I start exercising, maybe I'll have a bigger lung capacity so that when I have an asthma attack, you know, I'll have a bigger lung capacity. It won't be such a problem. So at any rate, so I went to the YMCA and got a little gym card and started swimming and doing the aerobic classes and so on. But it wasn't until a few years later, I was on vacation in Los Angeles, and by that point, I'd started exercising regularly because, again, I didn't like the inhalers. So I wasn't using an inhaler, but I, you know, I didn't know whether I was breathing properly or not, but I got off the drugs just by exercising. 
But long story short, I started practicing and then studying yoga and then teaching yoga. And I've now taught yoga for 24 years. And some time ago, I remember being at a doctor and they were doing a checkup and he heard, you know, that he saw that I checked off that I had asthma. Well, they tested me and they tested my lung capacity and my lung function is now totally normal. So, as you mentioned, Les Jensen, my main work is as a medical intuitive healer, and I really appreciate what you were talking about uh, with our body because our body is very responsive. So before we go on, for our audience, I really need to share with you how I, as a medical intuitive, see your body. So you have a physical body. You know what that is, the bones, the organs, your hair, your skin. The, the dense material part of you. Now, outside of your physical body, you have what's known as your energy body. Now, your in- energy body includes your acupuncture system. A lot of people have heard of acupuncture. It, it includes your chakras, which are main energy centers in the body, and it also includes your breath. And there's five flows of breath. Now, outside of your energy body, you have an emotional body, and emotions can shut down any process in the body. Then you have your mind that Les was talking about. You program your mind for success. You think positively. You notice how your thoughts affect you. And then who are you? You're actually a soul, and your spiritual body controls everything. So, here, follow me if you will. Your soul controls your mind. Your mind controls your emotions. Your emotions control your energy. And your energy body controls your physical. So I know a lot about natural healing. I'm a master healer having practiced natural healing now for 26 years. And I know all of this cool stuff. But I'm very sensitive to people all over the world, and not everybody has the money to work with me or the money to buy all these remedies, right? So do you really need an herb or a supplement when you have your breath? So what is so cool about learning how to use breathing exercises is you can change the entire way you feel in a very, very short period of time. So the reason I got started first in teaching breast work um, in healing was years ago I had a client who had high blood pressure. And his high blood pressure was so bad that he was on not one but three high blood pressure medications. And even on three blood pressure medications, his, it, none of the drugs worked and he'd gone into kidney failure. So this was a gentleman in his mid-30s. He had kidney failure so bad he had to get up at 4 a.m. every day to drive to a dialysis center. And he was so unwell he couldn't work. He had a wife. He had children. And I remember when he came to me as a client, I do all my work prayerfully. And I thought, you know, dear God, how can I really help this gentleman? Well, one of the things about your breath is that it helps you regulate your blood pressure. And I reasoned that, you know, three drugs hadn't worked, but I could teach him breathing exercises. And the breathing exercises would help to lower his blood pressure naturally 
and also deal with the extreme stress that he was under. So I, I had a friend of mine take a, my phone. Nowadays, everybody's got smartphones. And I sat in the garden, my garden, and filmed breathing exercises and taught them. And as a result of sort of codifying, if you will, systemizing my breathwork routine, I've count, taught countless people how to lower their anxiety because you can cut your anxiety in half in, you know, literally eight minutes. And all kinds of very cool things, even lose weight, which we'll talk about. And uh, you wouldn't believe it if you hadn't seen it yourself. So in this example, the, uh, the, the client had high blood pressure. And now, so you, through breathing exercises, you were able to bring that down. Can you, yeah. do, can you listen to how people breathe and, and notice uh, anomalies in their breathing style? Or well, that is, is a great, um, yeah, that's, that's a great question. So let me, if, again, if you're in the audience listening, and if you don't remember anything I say, remember what I'm about to teach you. Okay, so here's this. So follow me, if you will. You have a nervous system. There's two parts of your nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, which responds to stress, and your parasympathetic nervous system, which allows you to relax. Now, when you're normal and healthy, you switch back and forth between your sympathetic nervous system responding to the stress in your life and the parasympathetic nervous system where you relax. The problem is a lot of people are simply stuck in your stress. And when you're stuck in stress, that gives you fatigue, it raises your blood pressure, it lowers your metabolic rate, it affects your thyroid, and a whole host of other things. So here's what I want you to remember. You can tell where you are in your nervous system by one thing. If you're breathing into your belly, you are accessing your parasympathetic nervous system, so you're relaxed. So if you can breathe into your belly, you're relaxing. If you're breathing primarily out of your upper chest, you're accessing only the sympathetic nervous system where you're stressed. And in the case of high blood pressure, and again, if you have high blood pressure, remember this, this is super important. People with high blood pressure do not exhale properly. And years ago, I used to have a little device from the Institute of Heart Math on my computer, and I would hook people up to it and look at their EKGs. Well, somebody with high blood pressure, you look at them, and they'll inhale, and you're waiting for the exhale to happen, and it doesn't happen. So, again, if you have high blood pressure, one of the things that you have to do is you have to learn how to exhale. And there's very simple exercises that you can do and learn in the little book of breath work. Um, I remember years ago I had a yoga student, and she had chronic high blood pressure, just like this other gentleman. She tried everything to lower her blood pressure. She lost weight. She took up power walking. She did different forms of exercise. But only when she learned to breathe properly did her blood pressure normalize. 
And I remember she told me the story about how she went to the doctor one day and they took her blood pressure. And she told me, she said, they kept taking my blood pressure. They, they didn't tell me what was going on, but they'd say, okay, stand up, take the blood pressure, sit down, take the blood pressure. And they were just astounded because nothing had worked to lower her blood pressure until she came to my yoga classes and I taught her about breathing and she started learning how to breathe properly. Well, that, uh, yeah, you had described to us the, uh, a model of our persona, if you will. And the very last yes. element was the, was the physical body. And yes. I, I like to think of the physical body as the body itself doesn't have any illness of its own. We impress it with dis-ease from, our, from the um, energy of our consciousness, the energy of our persona, if you will. And, I agree, and if, totally. And if, if our consciousness is um, anxious or stressed or fearful or depressed or... Um, all those things ripple into the body and cause dis-ease. And so it's, it's really a very powerful thing to use dis-ease not, uh, not only as a reflection of your body, but a, real, uh, a reflection of your persona. So when um, we've talked about like high blood pressure, um, well, what other ailments are typically associated with um, breathing issues? You know, that's a great question. So um, anxiety is a big one, right? Because if you're constantly stressed, you're stuck in the sympathetic side of the nervous system. So, again, you're going to be breathing primarily into your upper chest. And when you breathe into your upper upper chest primarily you're not using your full lung capacity so your ba- the, the term is tired but wired so when you're anxious you're breathing out of your upper chest you're exhausted because you're not getting the energy from your full breathing uh, but you've got this wiry feeling and you can't relax so I I I've used these exercises myself when I've gone through periods of anxiety. And what I've found by teaching people, I can usually literally cut someone's anxiety level in half in literally eight minutes just by teaching them a very simple little breath work routine that I call eight minutes to inner peace. And the reason this is so important is several things. Number one, about 12% of the U.S. population over the age of 12 is on some form of antidepressant. And if you're listening and you're on antidepressants, know that I have a lot of compassion for you, and I'm sorry that you've been suffering. But the problem is all these medications have numerous side effects. I just wrote an article in my blog about one of the side effects of a lot of the antidepressants is actually they make you feel suicidal. And they increase your risk of uh, violence and other activities that are harmful to you and others. So how can we learn to manage the wide range of emotions that we naturally feel as humans without needing to drug ourselves? And, again, this is not 
anything to do with judgment. Sometimes it's even just as simple as money because some people who may be listening may not have the money for all these drugs. But the other thing is it's when you have anxiety, one of the horrible things about anxiety is you feel like you feel out of control. You feel like I'm feeling so bad and I don't know how to make myself better. But if you can learn how to breathe in such a way that you can at least, at the very least, cut your anxiety in half, you come back into control of your, the way you feel. You realize that you actually have power over the way you feel. And this empowerment gives you greater confidence and a, a greater under appreciation that you can actually handle everything that God gives you. Right. Well, very nice. And, and I think that sometimes people fall into a rut of, of just um, like um, putting their head down and slugging through life. Um, maybe they have a, a traumatic event, a death in the family, a, um, some some traumatic uh, episode, and it kind of knocks them on their can um, psychologically, and a lot of times they won't come all the way back. It it's like they can have a a low grade depression or a, uh, even a low grade uh, lethargic um, sense of of their physical body, and yes. you know like sometimes when I travel. Um, I, I, I try very hard to eat good food, but sometimes good food isn't available when you travel. And boy, howdy, do I feel it in my body if I get off of my regular diet that I, I handpick to be as healthy as I can. My body will just tank. Um, it doesn't take much time at all for, for that... Uh, um, lethargic food, if you will, to kind of weigh me down. And so what I'm saying to the listener is um, sometimes you don't know um, how good you can feel with just a little extra practice in in your daily routine. And, and what I like about this show is, I mean, breath work, you can do breath work anywhere, right? I mean... Um, Absolutely. What we're talking about here is it's a very versatile tool. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to change into your yoga outfit. You know, it's this is something that you can can take with you everywhere you go, right? Absolutely. And let me give you another really practical way to use breath work. A lot of your listeners probably like to meditate or want to meditate or aspire to meditate. So let me make a little comment because I taught yoga for 24 years. I remember years ago, I, I remember there was a lady who waited till the very end of yoga class and she made sure that she was the only one left and it was just the two of us. And she said to me, almost like an aside, because, you know, at the end of yoga class, you're supposed to meditate. And she said to me, Catherine, like it was a big secret, I'm thinking like she was the only one. Now, one of the scientific, a lot of the scientific research shows 
that women have a harder time of turning our brain off. Now, I'm not a man, so I, you'll have to tell me, less what it's like as a man <laughs> meditating. Right. But from a real practical point of view, when you are doing the breathing exercises that I described in the little book of breathwork, not only do you change what's happening in your physical because your energy body, your energy body literally controls what's happening in your physical body. So not only do you improve your physical health, what you'll notice if you do breathing exercises on a regular basis is that in a very quick period of time, you are able to access this blissful state. Now, I don't know about you or anybody listening, but personally, I want to be a happy person. And, you know, we go through lots of discussion about what is happiness. How do I get happy? What do I need to be happy? What do I want to be happy? Well, what if there were no external requirements? What if I didn't need a new bicycle or to make a million dollars or to get a new boyfriend or to solve all my problems? (laughs) What if I just needed to learn how to breathe in such a way that I could shift my whole consciousness into this incredibly blissful state where my mind actually quiets down, where there's some space that's created So my intuition can drop in, and I'm accessing the actual true bliss of my soul. And that's what breathing exercises, and that's what breath work can do for you. Right. And and that, that bliss, that peace, if you will, within the core of our being is, is a vast ocean. It's it's a place of rest. It's a it's our own personal garden of Eden, if you will. Um, now, yeah. when you when you talk about breath work, you bring in um, the notion of hand mudras. Can you uh, can you tell us what those are and how they relate to breathing? Absolutely. So, first of all, a lot of people, literally millions of people in the United States, and also all over the world, practice yoga. And I've taught yoga for 24 years, and if you've done yoga, it's wonderful. And, you know, I'm always getting new yoga students who are discovering how much better they feel when they practice. Now, most of us, when we think about yoga, we think of the postures. You think about down dog. You think about triangle. You think about extended child. And this is absolutely part of yoga. This is, they're called asanas, asanas or postures. But, and there's also breathing exercises that we call that pranayama. But there are also hand mudras. So what are hand mudras? Hand mudras are different gestures that you make with your fingers. Now, how does this work? So first of all, all your acupuncture meridians either begin or end in your hands or feet. So when you change the way you hold your thumb and your fingers together, you literally change the flow of energy in your body. So let me give you a really simple example that if you're out there listening that you can do right now. If you recall, I said that if you breathe into your belly, you are accessing your, sympath- your parasympathetic nervous system and you can actually relax 
and use your full lung capacity? Well, you can change the flow of energy in your lungs just by the way you hold your hand. So if you're out there listening, you can do this now. And Whether you're driving or sitting at home, however you are, it's safe to do. If you simply bring your thumb and the first two fingers together, what you'll notice, and it may take a, a couple of seconds for this to happen, by bringing the thumb together with your pointer finger and your middle finger, your breath will naturally drop into the lungs. It's very, very interesting. Now, in my book, the little book of breath work, I included about 16 different hand rotors. And basically a good way to think about these hand gestures is that by changing the frequency of energy in your body, you are accessing different qualities that you may want to cultivate. So, for example, another common hand mudra that you may see is one called Diana Mudra, and I'm not talking about Princess Diana in England. Uh, Diana Mudra, D-H-Y-A-N-A Mudra, is to access the frequency and the feeling of serenity. So how do you do Diana Mudra? If you have the left hand in your lap and the right hand on top, palms up, and you just relax and breathe with your palms up, hands on top of one another, what you'll notice is your whole mind, body, spirit shifts into this very peaceful, serene state. And there's mudras for everything. There's mudras for grounding. There's mudras for abundance. There's mudras for creativity. There's mudras for new beginnings. There's also mudras for releasing pent-up emotions. And just like as you study the physical postures of yoga, you can learn how to get rid of your back pain or your knee pain or your shoulder pain. Or you can just feel good. And it's the same with these hand mudras. As you come to learn the hand mudras and you access these different frequencies, then when you want to feel more grounded, you do one hand mudra. When you want to protect your energy field, you do another. When you want to access abundance, you do another. And when we combine these hand gestures with breathing exercises, your energy shifts more frequently, more, uh, more easily. And again, they're very, very powerful tools for modulating the way you feel and again, accessing calmness and peacefulness and indeed this very deep state of bliss. Well, very nice. Um, very well spoken. I like that. Now, um, Breathing can help us um, if we're if we're having an anxiety or, or panic attack. Um, if if you think about um, using breathing as a tool to to help us with such episodes, what would you recommend? I mean, what kind of a ex breathing exercise would would help when if we're having a a panic attack or an anxiety attack? Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll tell you this little story. So one of my long-term yoga students, one day she went to the bank, and she happened to be the manager for her family farm. 
So she goes to the bank. She finds out the bank has made a mistake. Some of us have had that happen. And it wasn't even her money. It was her family's money. And literally thousands and thousands of dollars were missing. So she immediately starts to panic. Oh, my God, what am I going to tell everybody? They're all going to be so mad and upset with me. But being my yoga student, she started practicing alternate nostril breathing. And alternate nostril breathing is a breathwork technique that will stop a panic attack and it will stop an anxiety attack. So there she was in the middle of the bank. I mean, even if she had a bottle of Xanax, it wouldn't have been with her. And, again, looking at the big picture, when you learn breath work, you could be by yourself, (laughs) again, no access to, you know, medication or natural healing remedies, and you can change the way you feel for the better. So how do you do alternate nostril breathing? With your left hand, you're going to bring your thumb and your first two fingers together, so left hand together with your pointer finger and your middle finger. Now, with your right hand, you're going to take your right, your pointer finger and your middle finger and fold those down into the palm of your hand so that your thumb is up and your ring finger is up. You're going to take a deep breath in, inhaling, and you're going to take your right thumb onto the right nostril, close the right nostril, and then exhale through the left. And then you're going to inhale through the left nostril, The ring finger is going to close the left nostril, and then you're going to exhale through the right, and you're going to continue this. And usually it'll take at least two minutes, but again, you can stop a panic attack with alternate nostril breathing. And the way that it works when you're really stressed and you're anxious, you're only using one side of your brain. And what alternate nostril breathing does is it literally balances the right and left hemispheres of the brain. So it's used by brain experts when you want to use your whole lung, your whole brain capacity. And when you're on the side of the nose, there are little acupressure points that stimulate your pituitary gland. And there's something called your HPA axis, your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And some of the latest research about depression and anxiety is that depression and anxiety are a dysregulation of this hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So when you're doing alternate nostril breathing and you're stimulating the acupressure point that balances the pituitary gland in your brain, you are balancing your adrenal glands, which make your stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol, You're balancing your thyroid, okay, so you're balancing your metabolism. And, again, in a very short period of time, you can stop a panic attack with alternate nostril breathing. And, again, if you didn't follow that, you can get the directions in the little book of breath work. And I include alternate nostril breathing in this eight-minute breathing routine that I put together called eight minutes to inner peace and what that is in a nutshell you do eight different breathing exercises in over a course of eight minutes and you will be amazed how much better you will feel inside and out by doing this little breathing routine 
very, very powerful. Well, you set up an online course for this, 8minutes2innerpeace.com. Is that right? Absolutely. I have some colleagues, another colleague who's taught yoga about as long as I have, and we feel very passionate because people need access to this information. Again, the drugs have so many side effects, and, you know, there's a lot of people who don't want to do drugs or who cannot afford to do drugs, and everyone needs to know the power of your breath because you can dramatically improve the way you feel. No therapist required, no counselor or coach, no medication, and it's all free when you learn how to do it. Right. How powerful. So with the uh, with your online course um, uh, at 8 minutes um that teaches eight simple breathing exercises to shift a person into a state of complete calm. You know, calmness, uh, a sense of peace, a sense of being at home in, in one's own skin, if you will, um, content with one's own life, is is something that so many people are hungry for. Uh, people are, are very, very stressed out. People are very anxious about the media and the news that comes on. People are, um, uh, a lot of them are, are struggling to, to really find a, a comfortable place to live, if you will, within their own body. And, um, you know, when we when we talk about um, peace on earth, peace, peace by its very nature will not force itself. Peace will not invade forcefully. Peace must be chosen. Humanity will be at peace when in, every individual knows peace. So what we're talking about here as um, breath work as a as a way to become more peaceful in your own skin. When right. when more when more and more people choose that intentionally and then practice that, they will actually bring more peace into their own persona. And and when that happens, likewise across humanity, that's the only way peace will return to Earth. So. What you're really talking about, I know we've been talking about personal health. We've been talking about the, the, the body, this individual persona we have, what we can do to, to optimize our own experience of it. But that this really does ripple into the, into the collective consciousness. So right. when, when you're powerful enough to, to discipline yourself to engage these practices, you're literally part of the vehicle of the changing of humanity. Absolutely. You're creating peace on earth. And I want to go back to something that's very practical, but it's a very painful subject, and that is suicide. So, you know, we're all going to die one day. That's 100%. But when people commit suicide, it's because they're feeling so uncomfortable and so overwhelmed and so distraught that they want to get out of the body in a hurry. And suicide is now the 10th leading cause of death in the United States and among young people. And by young people, I mean people ages 10 to 34, 
suicide is the second leading cause of death. So when wow. I wrote the little book of breathwork, part of the reason that I wrote this is that I wanted to give people actual tools that actually work so that you can, when you are in this highly impulsive state where you feel really, really bad, you feel really, really overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do, this is a tool that you can do that will dramatically help you feel better. And again, once you realize that you have the power to make yourself feel better, you feel a lot more confident in yourself and you have the capacity to understand that you can make it through your life. Yeah, suicide's a... Suicide's a... That's a... That's really a painful flag for our culture when when the suicide rate goes up. That's a that's a flag for humanity, if you will, that there's 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 incongruencies in, in how we see ourselves. There's incongruencies with um perhaps the way we see uh, a future or lack of seeing a future. It's uh Boy, that's a tough one. And and when you stated the the stats of the percentage of young people uh, that are choosing that as a get the hell out of Dodge um, exit strategy, um, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, that, I, and they they re, they really motivated me because you know when you're young, you may not have the money for a counselor. You may not right. even want to be able to talk to somebody about what's really bothering you. You may not even be able to articulate what's really bothering you. But if you can learn how to breathe through what is going on with you, then you can let go of the fear. You can let go of the overwhelm. You can let go of the anxiety. And you can develop the confidence to get through your life. Well, I like that. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, uh, to expand on that somewhat, a, a lot of times um, kids will be living in a household where the emotional dynamics are very hostile. Maybe there's spouse abuse or physical abuse or flat-out violence in the household. And uh, or and or it can be on the flip side of that, where it's a damn silent, but people are walking on eggshells because of of unresolved crap in the in the family dynamic but, uh, but i i think a lot of times people don't understand the um when when you go through a phase of of difficult time and and you feel heavy hearted you feel anxious you feel these really heavy emotions emotions can be crushing emotions can can squeeze you um, and 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 make you feel overwhelmed, like uh, like it. There's no way to manage it, especially if if it's being modeled in a dysfunctional way by other people in the household. I'm glad you brought this topic up, but but those emotions are not the long-term story. They're not the forever story. Emotions are. In that they're really, I, I know it can sound difficult to to relate to, but emotions are very impersonal. Emotions are like gravity. 
Gravity doesn't care if you learn how to walk walk or not. Gravity doesn't change when you learn how to walk. And heavy emotional feelings, they're impersonal. And they're asking you to to take a deeper look at what's going on. And right. what I'm what I'm saying here is there's a path through them. I mean, you can watch a model, you can watch an emotional household live in in despair and and anxiousness and hopelessness and even rage. But that's never yeah. ever the end story. It's, a, it's right. a prominent emotion that everybody in the family dynamic is wrestling to understand. Right. Now, one of the things that I talk about in the little book of breathwork is what I call the 10 principles of enlightened breathwork. And one of those principles is the concept of containment. Because another thing that we have going on in this country is a huge drug culture. And when I say drug culture... I'm talking about both legal medications and also illegal medications. The leading cause of death for Americans under 50, uh, up to age 50, is now drug overdose. So we have a country, a whole country of people who are looking to drugs, both legal and illegal, as a means of coping with our the intensity of our feelings. So one of the principles of the little book of breath work is this concept of containment. What do I mean by that? Sometimes in life, our emotions actually are very intense and we can get overwhelmed by the intensity of it. But if you set your intention, I'm going to feel what's really going on for a period of time, whether it's a minute or five minutes or half an hour or whatever it is. And you consciously and intentionally breathe through, and I literally mean breathe through as in walking through the mud of how I really feel. And then you allow yourself to feel your emotions while you're breathing through them. And then just like you you get up and you change the channel. You get up, you felt your feelings, you breathe through them, and then you go do something totally different. And again, by giving yourself permission to feel what's really going on, to feel the way you really actually feel, no sugarcoating on it, by breathing through it, you develop inner, inner strength and you develop the capacity to live through this. I know exactly what you're talking about, Les Jensen. There's a young person that I care about very much right now and he's living through a violent home situation. And it's very painful to watch what he's going through. But one of the things these young people need to learn is tools for managing their stress. And breathing exercises are one of the simplest. And, again, they don't need any equipment. They just need to know what to do. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it can feel so overwhelming if they don't have a way to to deal with it they can feel helpless and and suicide can seem like a uh a way out but in truth it's not um I mean, our souls 
Jews to go into these really heavy-hearted um, households to, so we can learn the absolute deepest aspects of ourselves. Well, you know, time goes by pretty fast. Let's talk about you, Catherine Kerrigan. I want to talk about your platform, how you work with people. Do you do one-on-ones? Do you do it over the Internet? Um, tell us the services you have to offer and how our audience can engage those services. Thank you so much. Well, I'm a medical intuitive healer, and basically that means that I do two things. Number one, I do medical intuitive readings. I read what's going on on your physical, energetic, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies. I work with people all over the world by phone, Skype, and Zoom video conference. When I work with people everywhere, I take extensive notes. And a good way to think of me is like I'm a little detective. So a lot of my clients have been working really hard to get healthier, to get happier, to get more abundance and success in their life, and they can't figure out why they're not getting there. So I read what's going on, and I also make specific recommendations. I also have 26 years full-time experience in natural healing, so I do healing work with people all over the world. Uh, you can reach me. I have two websites, katherinekerrigan.com and also unlimitedenergynow.com. And if you go to unlimitedenergynow.com, I've got videos of the breathing exercises that I describe in my book, The Little Book of Breathwork. And you can also see uh, blog articles that I've written about different mudras. So lots of great information there and really my goal in life is to empower people all over the world to learn how to be as healthy and happy as you can possibly be. Well, well very nice. Well, tell us about your radio show, too. Yes, I am the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. Um, you can find us online at UK Health Radio. You can also, if you go to katherinekerrigan.com, you can see the videos because when I make an, uh, do a radio show, I make both a video and an audio version. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel to see the videos. And I interview world-leading experts, including Les Jensen, about <laughs> natural healing. Again, because there's all these very cool, very powerful tools and we just need to know what they are and how to use them. Well, very nice. Um, well, it's, I really enjoyed uh, this episode because I, I think we we always have the tools to heal ourselves, but in, until it's brought to light, until it's brought to our attention, we cannot. Uh, a lot of times, we don't know that what we need is is right in front of us. So I love the simplicity. And, and the elegance of what we've been talking about tonight with the breath. So um, do you have any closing thoughts to share with the audience? You are more powerful than you realize, and your power actually resides with your breath. So as you learn to use breath work for your own personal benefit, you become a much more powerful person in the world you exude peace and bliss, and when you are in this state of peace and bliss, you have a beneficial effect 
on everyone around you. And you become a blessing not only to yourself, but everybody everywhere. Well, very nice. Catherine, I want to thank you for being back on our show tonight. It's it's a pleasure having you as our guest. Thank you, Les, and thank you, everybody out there listening. And remember to breathe into your belly and learn how to contain your feelings. We've been talking with Catherine Kerrigan, and the topic tonight has been The Little Book of Breathwork, which is Catherine's latest book. It's uh, it's a curious thing, you know, sometimes I, I like to ask people how they feel when they have a birthday. Maybe they're in their 30s, they're in their 40s, they're in their 50s. My next one, I'll be in my 60s. And I, I, I ask them how much they think they've changed in the last 10 years, 10 years of your life, 10 years. So whatever age you are now, subtract 10 years. And go back with your imagination when you were 10 years younger than you were now. How much have you changed as a person in those 10 years? Now, now change isn't required. We can do the same damn thing over and over till the end of time. But I, I suggest you the human persona, the, the human spirit, the, the passion of your heart loves to explore its own potential, to explore its own um, capability, if you will. And what I like about episodes like tonight is tools, tools to, to bring more inner peace, to lower your stress, tools to connect you with that inner bliss within, tools to connect you with that higher level of consciousness within your persona. And um, I've been scrubbing my persona for decades now, and I don't want to stop. If anything, I want to lean into it even more. <laughs> I feel more and more like a teenager. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really kind of fun because my body responds in kind. And so it's like I love the quote that says, my age is none of my business. My age is none of my business. I have, I have stuff to do. Hey, you know what? You showed up for yourself. You've joined us with this episode, and I want to applaud you, the listener. Thanks for listening to our show. It's always my pleasure to bring you episodes that help awaken a deeper sense of self within you, to connect with a higher wisdom within you, so you can um, fulfill the vision of your soul through the passion of your heart. Yeah, life's a wonderful thing when you can show up for it. Take life straight on, head on. It, you have an infinite well of inspiration within your own persona that has no end. <laughs> Tap that inspiration and then bring it into fulfillment. Hey, I'm your host, Les Jensen. Uh, you, you've been listening to the New Human Living Radio Show. As always, it's my pleasure sharing this time with you. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.